As an industry, we've been witness to incredible achievements made by some of the most acclaimed names in the industry. But as established names rise to the top, new, inexperienced voices step up to make their voices heard. Welcome to Dev Diary Next Gen, the Dev Diary spin-off series that highlights the next generation of talent coming through in the games industry. My name is Paul James, and today I'm joined by Irini Malas, and here's her journey so far. This episode of Dev Diary Next Gen has been available for a little while now on the Dev Diary Podcast Patreon feed. So please check out the show notes, get all the details there, consider throwing a few bucks for the price of a coffee, one for the entire month. You will get access to Dev Diary Next Gen the moment it goes live, as well as early access to the normal episodes of the show as well, whenever possible. So go check out the Patreon, consider pledging a little bit of support, you'll help grow the show even further. I really appreciate it and enjoy the show. So today, for this latest entry of Dev Diary Next Gen, I'm joined by Irini. How are you? Hello, I'm doing great. It, as I said when we first jumped to the call, it's fantastic to meet you and it's awesome to have you on board. You're already having some amazing experiences at the, this early stage of the SMART program, so I'm, I'm keen to pick through those with you, share them a little bit with the audience, and, and also just to learn a bit more about you and, and what makes you tick in the game dev scene. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd love to talk about all that. I feel like I have quite... I guess an unconventional and unique perspective entering the industry. That's that's what I'm looking for with this show. The more <laughs> yeah. the more different entry points, the more diverse opinions, the more diverse backgrounds, perspectives, everything. It's it's awesome. It's what I love to hear. So looking forward to pick through to picking through all that with you shortly. But um, before we, I guess, get to the actual pathway into the industry, I'd love to discuss some of your first experiences with games. I guess, I guess where did they come into your life? Uh, do you recall what some of the first games or even specifically yeah. the first game was that you that you ever played? You've checked out the episodes mm-hmm. of the past, so you knew this was coming. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course. Oh, geez. Um, my first ever introduction to games was actually when I was four and visiting family up in Cyprus. And my uncle yeah, right. introduced me to my first uh, ever console, which was the Nintendo DS. I know most people have like older consoles as their first console but i'm only 20 <laughs> and so That's right, you're a baby it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so nintendo oh, ds so and <laughs> <laughs> nintendo ds was like my first ever introduction to games and i had um the first games i had was new super mario bros uh, Dogs, and super princess peach because obviously little little niece i need to have the princess game <laughs> but i loved all of them yeah there's some stereotypes um, at play there but fantastic yeah. games nonetheless yeah no yeah they were really fun and i did enjoy super princess peach a lot which i'm excited to see that they are making a princess peach focused game yeah soon, releasing that so i'm keen to see what that's about i'm keen um, to work out what the name is because they're being really cagey about that as well it's the whole oh, thing yeah, is very weird yeah, the way they presented the it but, just yeah. a bit of a teaser of those animations it we're making a peach game really cool. get excited people and that's about it <laughs> yep basically um but yeah so my first exposure to games was obviously nintendo from a very young age and that's kind of what led me into the direction of being a very loyal nintendo gamer um yep. i grew up in the northern territory so and northern territory it, it's quite small the community there is quite small and they are it's very I guess outdated there still only recently have they started to get in the scene of hosting events and like the game industry and the creative industry and all that but when I was growing up there um 
I didn't have a lot of exposure to games. So that's why I say I have a bit of an unconventional upbringing into the industry because I mostly just knew Nintendo within like my friend groups and a couple other PC games growing up, like uh, Minecraft, Five Nights at Freddy's yeah. and Undertale. But the driving force for my creative and artistic journey has always been games. Like all the industry, um, sorry, the fandoms I've been in growing up have always been fandoms for, for games. And looking back now, that is, probably foreshadowing as to why I'm so interested in the games industry now and why I want to pursue it as an aspiring game developer. I mean, it's still, it's still totally one thing to be immersed in these fandoms and really, you know, lap them up, you know, as you have, as I have, but it's a whole other yeah. thing still to, pursue, to actually pursue the industry itself in, in whatever the capacity happens to be. There's lots and lots of people who, you know, have adored yeah. video games, have made them basically their life through their early years, yeah. but have never considered the possibility of actually doing something in that space whatever mm-hmm. that something might be whether it's the creation whether it's content creation whether it's media whatever so there's like a next level love there that goes that that underpins that sort of thing and it's it's fantastic that you've got it and so um going from that that love of games and you know we've touched on a few different examples there and, and the limited exposure i would actually like to pick your brain a little bit i guess somewhere along the way whether it's right now or later about mm-hmm. about that nt scene and obviously you're speaking about how it's it's only really recent that start they're starting to embrace yeah. The, the video game landscape a little bit um, but as as you grew older and you experienced more uh, I guess a more diverse palette of video games was there any, were there any particular genres or franchises that you really clicked with and obviously Nintendo was mm-hmm. a big part of it still but anything in particular yeah. oh definitely um, I think the genres that really stuck out to me were uh, narrative driven games yep. and RPG games adventure games um, there's a lot of other games that I was also interested in, but didn't necessarily play because of my upbringing. And I kind of could only really have one console as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I did watch a lot of Let's Plays for like The Last of Us, Undertale, um, all that scene, Mario, Luigi, RPGs, and just the narrative driven side of the games is like what really drew them to me. And I think my first experience with like a somewhat narrative driven game was actually super mario galaxy yep. uh which i hold very very dearly it's like my most fond childhood memory playing that game the it's idea of um mario but there's a story and there's lore and this big existential thing was crazy to me as like a seven-year-old <laughs> so and it heavily inspired me as an artist to you know draw characters come up with my own lore for mario which eventually evolved into um creating my own characters and my own stories so definitely narrative driven games have been a massive influence for me growing up um but it wasn't always the games industry i wanted to go into that was a thing that i kind of discovered only recently like in 2020 my last year of high school up until then i i knew i wanted to work in the creative industry doing something 2d illustration, animation, storyboarding, concept art. That's kind of all the stuff I was doing. I just wanted to be part of a piece of media that had a story to tell that people were invested in, immersed in and loved and kind of talked about. Uh, And then I kind of realized that I have like this funny origin story for my discovery of the games industry from 2020, uh, which I'm happy to elaborate on. Yeah, please, Um, yeah, please do. Oh, geez. Well, (laughs) it's a funny story, but I like it. Um, 
in in my last year of high school, I had um, I wanted to do web comics at the time, and yep. in in that last like class, there's we had a project that made up like thirty percent of our grade within my art class. So pretty big thing. We were able to do whatever we wanted as long as it followed like the assessment brief. We could make our own design brief, and I had planned with my teacher a couple terms in advance to do a webcomic. I made sure it would be okay, I'd be able to work on it, and I planned it all ahead. Uh, but when the actual term came up to start the project, she pulled me aside and told me that she wanted me to do something different because a lot of other students in the class had also decided they wanted to do a comic or something similar. Oh, right. And um, I was like already close with her because I had her as like a art teacher I guess for like the past few years I had been in high school but she said she had faith in me to be able to do something different and she just went on this tangent of oh you know those those food characters those you draw food as people I love those designs I love those characters you should make a game just <laughs> went on a bit of this creative tangent and I was just rolling with it and I was like okay sure I'll do something different um she instilled that confidence in me to kind of just last minute change what I decided to do. And for that 30% project, I decided to create a um, narrative game concept in the form of like this concept pitch document thing. Yep. And that's where my passion project stemmed from, which is Fujomina. It, <laughs> it stemmed from me just drawing inanimate objects and things as people and my teacher loving those designs so much that she thought I could make something in a different medium that no one in my school had done before. Uh, so we were kind of both learning at the same time, seeing how I could make this thing uh, for the assessment. And it was the first game related thing anyone had ever made in high school. Because the and school didn't necessarily embrace the yeah. up to that particular stage. Yeah. I mean, my high school had a very supportive, like creative, space we had like a lot of art classes that we were able to take and for that i'm really really grateful for the high school that i did go to yep. um but like doing a game concept pitch game design game theory those were things completely new to me and i just decided to jump in it and learn it my own way like uh, i definitely did not do things by the book but kind of looking at the games I loved, like Super Mario Galaxy, Legends of Zelda, Undertale, under a more analytical design lens yep. and seeing what works and then realizing myself, oh, that's why I like this game so much. They did these deliberate things to make me enjoy it or be immersed in this sort of way. And replicating that in my own concept was really fun. And I realized I want people to enjoy these stories I tell the same way I enjoy them in a game format. And that's kind of where my whole kind of career path changed from animation industry uh, to games. To, to games, pretty much, yeah. That's that's really, really cool and fantastic that you had a teacher that despite, you know, clearly not necessarily having the greatest depth of knowledge on the subject matter themselves, yeah. was so keen to embrace what you wanted to do and yeah. and just helped you to pursue it and um I mean, I guess as a teacher myself, like I always hope that I can be that sort of person. It's a little bit harder because I teach maths. Um, so I don't know, there's not too many options to kind of diversify things from there. But, yeah. but you know, uh, it's it's been fantastic over the years to have had students that know that I'm kind of 
in the scene and have connections and those sort of things that are keen on pursuing themselves and i've been able mm-hmm. to be that person for them to to talk through what they're thinking and um so for you to have had a similar sort of person there that actually was able yeah. to help really guide you on a more academic side as well or help support you on that more academic side as well is, is awesome um yeah i'm so grateful for it she wanted me to be able to stand out because she's i think she saw the passion and motivation i had to do really well and make something really good in that um in that project i was already planning it like several terms in advance uh so she wanted me to do something a bit different with the characters that i really enjoyed making and what i enjoyed drawing to begin with and yeah that's basically that passion project that i made in in that uh term is what led to me pursuing uh a uni in melbourne that allowed me to collaborate and work alongside like other people in games i did do i completed a bachelor of animation but it was flexible enough for me to be able to collaborate on other game projects and learn how to create game assets and like things relative to my skills for games no that's that's fantastic and um i guess before making the the jump over to Melbourne, we've we've touched on a couple times now that yeah the development the slower but now now starting to develop mm-hmm. NT scene. So I presume it wasn't quite where you needed it to be at the time that you decided to make the jump. But how are things tracking now? Because I'll be honest, we have I think over the years we've had representation from a lot of different states and territories around Australia, mm-hmm. but NT oh I'd be maybe there's been someone across the yeah. but not <laughs> certainly not many. We've not spoken about the scene very much, so. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit of insight into yeah, no. into what it's like there in terms of the game development scene. Yeah, I completely get that. Um, I haven't been there recently to learn about uh, the game development scene, but in general, the creative development scene was starting to pick up the pace while I was still there in my final years. They started, uh, like, the first creative convention was held, known as Geekon, where yep. it was all video games, anime, cartoons, all that, and... It was that was the first convention I ever went to. Uh, in comparison to what's held here, it was very small. It was like probably, every other weekend. It, yeah. oh, <laughs> pretty much, actually. Um, but it was, uh, I think, a good first experience. I wasn't overwhelmed. It was like a starting point. Uh, and now they still hold like small events like that, called Geek Fest or Art Fest, and they just. Um, the like artistic scene has definitely built up and i did hear from kerry that they very recently i think like the year i had moved to melbourne um they're starting to work on like a games union and building up the games industry in there and finding developers because growing up in high school i did not know anyone that wanted to be a developer or work on games or pursue games the artists i knew had very similar interests to me and that's why i feel more traditional really arts in some ways. Out. yeah it was pretty much just art comics animation that was the scene that was in um my school and we were very very passionate but uh there obviously the nt was limited in that sense so we were in a sense limited i feel but it's i'm really happy to hear that they are starting to expand on that and i see uh work from artists that are still up in the nt in darwin and the things they're a part of they hold their own exhibitions their own like workshops and stuff and it makes me really happy to see that um the i guess community management there is allowing these artists to shine through that 
and so obviously yeah the, the move was made to melbourne i guess there's there's some pretty fantastic and i don't know how we can do this without making one of them like other states feel bad as a result that's not the intention anyone <laughs> um but i guess why melbourne when there, there are some fantastic institutions all, all around the, the country mm-hmm. that are doing some great things in game development why what was it about melbourne scene that i guess helped guide you that well, way in that 30 percent project i had to do in high school we had to research um other things such as how to get a project like this funded uh what other local uh game companies or studios there are and melbourne was coming up a lot and particularly vic screen which my teacher had mentioned quite a bit for getting funding for films or animation or games uh so melbourne was kind of always on my mind even as far back as like middle school when i was 12 and first decided i wanted to do something creative I kind of always thought I want to study this in Melbourne because I had already been consuming info that there was really big creative unis there like RMIT and the Melbourne Arts University. So it it was always something that was in my mind. But in terms of finding a specific course and uni to go to, the I was originally going to go to RMIT, but I made the last minute decision to go to SAE because of the um, collaborative opportunities that they provided for like the major project production unit where you work on something over six months and you could collaborate across disciplines, which was the biggest thing that I wanted. So me and the only aspiring developer I know from BNT, who is now the lead programmer on Foodomino, my project, um, we both went to SAE with the intention and plan long-term to, um, I guess, create a demo of sorts during yep. the major project production of our course as like a test run to see the viability and potential of our project and how we work together as well. And it ended up working out really well. well yeah. So that was something we had planned since 2020, a very, very slow long-term <laughs> plan. Now we, we should of course shout out you've you've kind of referenced you know another friend coming with the NT and being a key pillar mm-hmm. in the Foodomino yep. journey so far. And I want to shout out a name there. Just oh, who knows? Maybe of they'll course. be a guest on the show in the future as well. But um, who knows? Yep. Um, his name is John Engstrom, and he's a very very good programmer from experience and the work that he did and was a part of in um, in the course. Right now, I think he's. He's the lead programmer, I believe, for a project that was funded by Vic Screen. Yep. It's like a part-time gig right now, but um, he basically got that straight out of uni. Awesome. <laughs> the lecturers were really impressed with our work on Foodomino and particularly his professionalism as a programmer. And I think he has a lot of potential in the industry. No, that's that's awesome. I'm hearing. very yeah. lucky to have him on the project. I kind of just say, can you make this happen? I, I have this vision. And then he just does it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's handy to have people like that in your corner. Yes. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll have to get John on the show sometime in the future. Feel free to put the feelers out and we'll, we'll make it of happen. Of course, but, I'll let him know. But um, I guess as we as we continue this journey, we, we've kind of touched on Food Domino a little bit. We've kind of referenced mm-hmm. it from time to time, but we haven't necessarily delved super deep into what it is. So for, mm-hmm. for those listening, I guess... What, what is the game a little bit? Uh, I mean, even the, the top level information I was provided in an email, we're talking about like a science fiction food, food themed role playing game, which yeah. when, when you kind of hear those terms put together, I think for a lot of people you go, what? But 
again we talked yeah. about that narrative sort of focus before and and there's this wonderfully diverse sort of range of ideas that we're seeing coming through more and more in games these days it'd be fantastic if you're able to share a little bit a little bit more for people so they can kind of know what to look out for potentially in the future hopefully of course i mean i love to gush about it <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, so Fidomina is a narrative driven top-down pixel art rpg with fantasy sci-fi and food themes and i have the uh synopsis of the game ingrained into my head <laughs> from bet. like the the pitching phase during the course where i just had to say the synopsis over and over and over again so if you're interested in that i can please please drop it that's fine say it Go for it. Off my heart all right well set in a sci-fi we'll three galaxy. two one and boom oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> no. set in a sci-fi galaxy in a world made up of food planets and civilizations You'll play as Cosmos Travelers, friends, heroes, partners, Takiaki, and Tempura in their fight against an ancient enemy of the food people known as Mold, as their once dormant enemy returns, seeking to rule the world of Fujomina and spread their infection across the galaxy. As the player, however, you are faced with the moral implications of what it means to be a hero. Will you eradicate the Moldians that step in your path or revive them to their former food selves even if it means sacrifice. You're a pro already. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just programmed into my head. No, it's fa- just fantastic. On command. Fantastic job with that. And so um, people should absolutely check that out. There's there's itch.io links for people mm-hmm. to go and take a look at as well. I'll make sure they're in the show notes so people can go check all that Thank out you. as well. But um, I guess yeah. then as you as you made the, the journey down, what was that shift like for you in the first place? It's opposite ends of the country, but also... I mean, so there's, there's oh, certainly yes, climate the, things you have to get used the to living, for sure. The, the, the living entire living style was definitely different. I went from living in the suburbs, um, kind of just knowing an entire city, everything was five minutes away, to yep. moving smack bang in the middle of Melbourne City. In five minutes, you might move um, one block if you're lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but um, we, we started the course beginning of 2021 and literally i think the first week we started uni we went straight into lockdown oh of course um yeah and i remember there was like an eight month lockdown so the first half of my course was basically remote um and there were definitely challenges in that but in a way i feel like it was kind of a good transitional period as well because of lockdown melbourne was pretty empty so it sort of felt like darwin um but I, <laughs> <laughs> totally but, different reasons but yeah i guess that makes sense yeah um but i had always like really liked the city i had come here for family trips uh different reasons um school trips ski trips and i had like little glimpses of melbourne and really enjoyed the city life so uh i was able to adapt to it pretty quickly because once you're allowed um, out to enjoy it yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> i actually moved a couple of weeks after I turned 18, it was just an immediate shift. The minute I yeah, turned right. 18, I was like, okay, I'm studying, bye. <laughs> and then I left NT. Um, but I've, it, the city life was kind of what I wanted to experience. And just there being so many people that you could just be yourself because no one really knew you. And I could just start fresh and yeah. meet new people within my community. I feel like I've gotten a lot more support going into the industry now than I would have in the NT. Um, mostly like my lecturers have been a driving force in motivating me and instilling me in the confidence to pursue this with the unconventional approach I feel I've sort of had 
yeah. coming in. I mean, it's we've touched on it a few times now. It's always it's always great to have those mentors, being teachers or whatever that are yes. that are there and you know so invested and willing to guide. And it seems like you've had a collection Absolutely. of fantastic people around you in that sense. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously, yeah, kind of missed out on a bit of Melbourne for the first few months there, and I, I'd imagine some of the networking opportunities that come with it, and are obviously so important within Definitely. the game. They've seen that that kind of yeah. curtailed that a little bit early on, but but as as the walls came down and we we're all finally allowed out of our homes again, um, and you know, being able to go face to face with the course and meet people and little opportunities, even like what we're mm-hmm. starting to you know, talk about now with the with the smart program. What's it been like as you now get to? come out, meet people, talk about what you're doing, share these ideas, presumably get some feedback and thoughts from those people as well. What's it been like for you? It's been really, really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, so the first tri- um, year of my course was obviously in lockdown. Networking opportunities weren't really there. Um, SAE holds like exhibition nights each trimester where all student work is exhibited. And I missed out on a lot of those throughout yeah, right. my course because of that. Um, but when they were happening and they came back, um, I've really enjoyed going to them. I still plan to go to them every night to catch up with the lecturers, to see the new um, major project production, like games be exhibited. Um, and people are still familiar with me as well because I'm active in their Discord. I really do enjoy networking with people with similar interests or going into the games industry. Collaboration has always been something I really enjoy, especially if we have like the same interests or passion and work ethic, it makes things really good. And that's also why I've enjoyed um, the mentorship so far and talking to the other mentees. Uh, I've particularly liked it more than, I guess, networking with fellow students in the course, because I feel like we're all on like an equal level. We're all here to learn and we have such unique, different experiences and perspectives and we're working on different things and there's also not that assessment pressure that education systems can have coming like straight out of high school and then straight into a degree the you know your worth being assessed based on like numbers statistics and like letters grades and stuff is always there and it I feel like it can make it a bit difficult to network with people uh, and other students because of that comparison thing. Compar- competitive edge that they can sometimes Yes, be. yes. Um, especially if we're working on the same things, the exact same type of projects, that comparison will always be here. But yep. um, in this mentorship, everyone is so different and working on different things and we're all there to get to know each other. There's this mutual desire to learn from each other and network with each other and it's been really great talking to everyone without that kind of academic pressure. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and and I guess that I mean you touched on the fact that obviously there's the networking within your peers at the mm-hmm. on the student level, and then there's obviously yeah getting to network with those who are a bit established within the the industry, and that leads us nicely mm-hmm. over to the smart program and the opportunity that you've currently got, and the fact that you've been able to to mingle with folks from Samurai Punk, folks from Summerfall, yes. you've been partnered <laughs> up well there with some incredible local talent. So what has that been like so far? As we as we chat, it is very early days. We are right at the very beginning of this, and it's a several month venture. But <laughs> but um, yeah. what's it been like so far? It's, it's been really good. I know my first day, which was uh, this week, Tuesday, um, we were having lunch and Liam from Summerfall just came and sat down with us and was like, what's up? <laughs> and we all introduced ourselves and what we're doing. And I ended up 
being able to have a really good conversation with him about the uh, big screen, the funding scene for games and student games and um, how they can, they are sort of assessed differently because they're student projects and not like a separately shipped game. Yes. And then we just went on the topic of my experience within my course because I don't, because I've only just graduated, I don't have a lot of experience to talk about aside from my education experience going yeah, into the games industry. That's really all I have to really offer because I'm so fresh in this like this whole scene. And, um, and they'd understand that too. I mean, it's the same with anyone yeah. in any industry. At, at some point in all of our lives, we'll have no experience. So yeah. we'll get to no experience. <laughs> That's so, pretty much me. Yeah. But yeah, all I really had to offer was just my experiences in my course and what I've learned so far collaborating with other people into games and soft skills, hard skills, all that. And it was a really nice conversation. And he's familiar with my lecturers that have been motivating me and supporting me throughout. You might know them as well. Probably um, at this point. I feel yeah. like a lot of the names Zia, come across. Feel, feel free to Zia shout Zurico. them out, of course. Yep. Yep. Love Zia. We've not actually met, but it's certainly a name that's come up a few times over the, over the course she's, of the years. She's been amazing. So supportive. I like... My experience where I am right now, I wouldn't be if it weren't for her. Uh, also, they don't, I don't know if I'm butchering names, and Nat Techler, uh, they've also been really, really supportive through our entire like major project production for Fujomina, yep. and they continue to be extremely supportive, and I'm so grateful to the three of them. They've pretty much shaped um, my positive experience going into the industry. That's awesome. And... Um... Yeah, obviously you're now going to be surrounded by some incredibly talented, established people as well that yeah. are actively working on games as well, and that's that's going to be no doubt huge for you as well. I mean, as you, as you mentioned, you know, Liam's just popped himself down there. And, uh, again, <laughs> yeah. as, as of the time that we record, and this is a bit of a vacuum, we probably have some. Uh, it'll be a different point when people are tuning into this, but mm-hmm. I mean, as of when we speak, they're a month out from what? What's the date now? We're less than a month out from <laughs> from them launching uh, Stray Gods and. <laughs> They're just popping in, for, like Liam's just popping in for a chat and the others have been super gracious from everything I've heard as well. So um, it's been fantastic and just they continue to amaze. They, I mean, they do a four-day work week there as well, so it's incredible. Yes, yeah, which is great to hear. Um, I, it makes me very happy seeing uh, four-day work weeks and like a good work-life balance being normalised. Uh, I've like suffered from really bad burnout in the past. Yeah, I okay. probably am still suffering from burnout as like a high-achieving um student and people pleaser that's kind of instilled in me you've just uh, thrown the very, 100% the very high standards yes 110 percent all the time but at the same time i've also been within like my student projects and the production of fridomina i've been a very strong advocate for like work-life boundaries healthy work-life balance and yes. i've taken uh during my course i took linkedin courses on um like project management, uh, self-confidence, procrastination, but they also all covered topics that kind of shaped how I managed the project and how I yep. collaborated with other people and making sure goals are achievable, that people take breaks, and it allowed us to keep the motivation for the project up until now. We're still, the team and I are still very, very passionate about what we're doing and really excited because now I'm doing this mentorship and I can focus on it even more. Is there anything specific that you're hoping to get out of the the, the program? Oh, geez. I, I feel like I can, there are so many ways it's going to benefit me that it's hard to keep count of, but I'm hoping through this mentorship 
and the skills I want to build more skills in game management and production because I did an animation course I feel like there's still so much I can learn about the games industry in general and the production yeah. pipeline and leading a game of sorts I want to get more experience and knowledge under my belt so I feel prepared to get a position within the industry within a, a myriad of roles I'm happy with like producer, director, QA, any 2D generalist type of role. Yes. Um, but I hope I can gain more confidence and feel more prepared for that through this mentorship. Basically any foot in the door and any opportunities for Fijomina as well and pursuing it, which I feel like I've already been able to um, work on that. A couple people have playtested Fijomina That's in the cool. mentorship and I've like interviewed them, taken some QA feedback, and it's really fun getting back into the motions of like working on it. No, that's that's awesome. And uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, drawing on all those resources available to you to make the best mm -hmm. projects you can, and obviously oh, enhance your own education. So it's it's fantastic. You really, I mean, it's not been long, but you're still, you know, taking on everything that's there. It's it's yeah. fantastic, and I'm <laughs> I'm thrilled for you. Um, Thank you. As we as we start to to wind things down a little bit, uh, is there anyone who's really inspired you in the way that you go about your work either someone that you've had the opportunity to work alongside and obviously the the, the amount of time that you spend in this industry is, is brief still mm -hmm. so far but you know there's still fantastic people that you've encountered undoubtedly um, but also maybe those that you look at from afar that you know maybe serve as inspirations mm -hmm. as well yeah oh I mean I guess the first people that came to mind was obviously um, Zia my mentor through the yep. course and who continues to be my mentor, uh, but also the music composer for Fujomina, who is Aris Diaco Labrianos, long surname. <laughs> That's right. Um, but he's been, uh, he was only recruited at the beginning of like the major production trimesters by me and John. Uh, so he was new to the project in comparison to us who had kind of been familiar with it and developing it since 2020. Um, but he has been, he's so talented and so skilled and the way he's like just invested himself in the project and also in the industry has been really inspiring for me. He motivates me to um, like work harder because I want to be more skilled in being like a good producer and lead and director, learn more about music terminology and theory so I can assist him within this collaboration and be easier to collaborate with. Yep. And also I want to get funding at some point in the future for Fujomino when we've upskilled enough and we feel prepared to take it on full time. I want to get funding so he can be paid well for his talent because the soundtrack we have for Fujomino, completely original, is really, really good. And it was something in our exhibition night at SAE uh, that people really loved about it. Um, so I want him to get the recognition he deserves for the game. I think he <laughs> has a lot of potential. That's that's fantastic, let alone, of course, that you know you, you want to be able to make this into into your work and your, your endeavors hmm. as well. So if, if yeah. you can get that funding, it helps support that as well. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, though i'll applaud the very unselfish focus that you, you brought to that but of course it's gonna be really <laughs> handy for yourself as well so you know absolutely but i i see it as i want to the people on my team i want to bring them with me on this yep. journey and i want them to be recognized for their work as much as 
it is like my vision and my idea and I am the one leading this but I think they deserve recognition for their skills as well because it wouldn't be what it is now had it not been for them being so compatible with this project as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the old, you know, teamwork, making the dream work and all those yes. sorts of things. Like it's, <laughs> uh, without them, the ideas are just ideas. So, um, yeah. yeah, again, very unselfish and honourable approach to it. Uh, <laughs> what have been some of the more valuable lessons that you feel like you've picked up along the way so far? Oh, so and many. And obviously, yeah, it's, it's so brief and there's probably going to be yeah. so many things you're about to learn from this program. But uh, I anything think particular the, the biggest lessons I learned through my course were things that kind of allowed me to become a leader of a project that has like the work-life boundaries and um, has made me realize how much I value integrity in collaboration and acknowledging the work people put into a project and crediting them properly and stuff. Um, That's why I want to make sure that the people I work with, especially on Fujomina, know how much I appreciate their work and it also motivates them to work harder and do more and expand their skills and stuff. Um, yeah, I've definitely, I've had experiences where my work may have not been credited. Oh. Being an artist, it's kind of a given. It, it's something that we all, I feel, have to go through, but I took it more as a lesson to learn in terms of approaching collaborations with the correct boundaries in terms of knowing your worth, pretty much. Cause That's fair. As a recovering people pleaser, <laughs> what I like to call myself, um, and also being an advocate for work-life boundaries and integrity in the industry, I feel like all of that's being normalized now and being talked about more. And I really want to push that. I want to uh, get better at being confident in my own skills and my own worth in my work and also help other people know that as well and know their worth no that's that's fantastic and to be applauded as well um there's lots of obviously negative aspects of uh, the industry at times whether it's the the credit mm-hmm. situation whether it's the work-life balance and all those sort of things and they, they're yeah. big topics that are thankfully being worked through but there's still a lot yeah. of work still to be done and for you to be endeavoring yeah. to be another positive force that helps guide things in the right direction yeah. is, is fantastic and i can't fix everything but I, I know that I can at least make sure that people that work with me don't end up having a negative experience. And that yeah. was pretty much what I took out of the lessons that I had learned. I took it into account to apply different skills and methods to like my way of managing a team to make sure that they had a good project experience because a, a bad experience, like a really bad one, can really change your whole um, trajectory into the industry. No, that's 100%. Um, and just before we get to the, the lighter fun ones, just to, I guess, cycle back to the NT thing. So as you mm-hmm. continue to go through the course and, and, and you know, come out the other side with a range of huge experiences, is, is there somewhere, like, is there something in the back of mind that says, look, one day I'd love to be able to go back and bring that with me and try and establish something? Or do you feel pretty well settled in your current Victorian Melbourne climate? I mean, I do feel very settled here. I do love the lifestyle here. Um, but I know my roots are always with the NT and I would love to um, be something that represents creativity within the NT. I'd love to go back and exhibit Fujomina in any of their events that they have at some point um, in the future and also catch up with all the artists there that I kind of Left behind drifted away from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
but you know I, I love that for them and my work has been exhibited there before in my last year of high school um that's where I kind of got interviewed for the first time um for a exhibition called uh exit art exhibition yep. it's where we had the work that we produced for that 30 percent project um exhibited in the darwin museum in like this uh year 12 student art section yep. and my art uh the first ever rendition of Fudomina as a concept was exhibited there as well as other things that i made so kind of coming full circle and bringing back look at where it's gotten now and being able to exhibit that in some way, I feel is a really fun story. And hopefully in the meantime, the industry over there continues to grow to yeah, kind of meet where, yeah. you're, where you're at at that time. There's, no, there's a lot that is. can happen in a very short time, so. Yeah, every time I go back to visit family, I see a lot of construction and they're really um, trying to build up the city and bring more of like a um, young generation student community into the city, like uh, creative people, new minds, to kind of innovate it and bring it up. So I'm excited to see where it goes. That's fantastic, fingers crossed. And yeah, hopefully hopefully when the time comes that you're that you're back there in that capacity, that yeah, the city is there and ready to ready to greet you in the best way possible. Yes. Um, as I said, some lighter ones as we wrap up. If you could be credited for any game, so you could just add your name into the credits and say, oh, I've worked on that, or maybe it's a particular component of a game that you just adore, what game would you pick? Oh, geez, like, am I... Is my work in the game? <laughs> uh, let's just, just say you stole something someone else did. Like, let's just say you, you know, you've, we've done exactly what we discussed before. You've, you're taking credit for someone else's work. Um, but like, you know, I wish Hell I could have yeah. been a part of that. Let's just say it could be special thanks. Um, like, I just wish okay. I could have worked on that game, for oh, example. Oh, definitely. I think um, hmm, Deltarune oh, yeah? by, by Toby Fox. Yep. So Undertale was a massive, massive inspiration for... Um, my artistic journey and also Fujomina, it was a huge inspiration uh, for the medium, also the approach to narrative and all that. Um, so if I were ever able to contribute to that creatively and just assist or support in any way, um, I'd be super grateful because he kind of helped me. No, that's that's fantastic. And um, I guess similar-ish sort of question, if you could strike a game from your memory and get to experience it all over again. No memory of it. Get to do it all over again. Ooh, is there a, there's a game? That you, is there a game that you just wish you could have that moment <laughs> with again? Um, I'm torn between. Oh, I'm I'm torn between a lot. <laughs> yeah, usually um, there's usually a bit of that. Jeez, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Yep. Comes to mind. Um, Breath of the Wild as well. I experienced that fresh, uh, like in 2019 with my little brother, and it was a very fond memory. Um, very cool. And also Minecraft. I oh, mean, yeah. everyone wants to experience almost, that almost the every time. for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Almost every time feels like a first time because there's just so much going on in that thing and yeah. every, everything is a blank canvas. So yeah. that's an interesting one. But some fantastic choices there. Um, thank you. Irini, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing thank this journey you. so far. Hopefully we're chatting in the next few years with uh, with all that you're doing, hopefully having come to fruition, hopefully the phenomena. Uh, continues to grow and becomes exactly what you want it to be thank you and so we might much. get to chat for the core show it'd be fantastic thank you so much for giving me your time in the meantime if people want to see more of what you're up to now again we've obviously already shouted out the the mm -hmm. hio link and that'll be in the show notes for people but if uh yeah. if anyone wants to see what you're up to is there anywhere that they could go beyond just the the itch page mm -hmm. um well i'm obviously on linkedin and 
I have my social handles on Instagram and Twitter. They are I Melanie, Melanie with a double L and double E on the end. Awesome. I'm not, I haven't been too active because I was extremely busy with an accelerated bachelor, but I've been really motivated to get back into like the social media space and the artistic community. And look, you know, when it comes to things like Twitter, who knows, that, that could be dead next week, the oh, way things are going. So, yeah. So. Speaking of which, I made like a Threads account yesterday because we Instagram came up with Threads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This looks like, this looks similar. I was a bit crushingly <laughs> depressed when I, like people pointing out, oh, you can, you can see like what number person you were to sign up. And I'm seeing all these people in the tens of millions. And I looked at mine like, oh, okay, cool. I'll have a look at that. 4,000th. Like in the top, I was like, oh, oh, I'm spending too much time on my phone. This, <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. that's something I'll have to resolve with myself. I think it's point. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. It's been fantastic to chat to you. And I'm, uh, thank you uh, so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. The other mentees, um, the Smarties, sorry, the Smarties, yes, say. yes, yes, we are the Smarties. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what they have to say, and I'll be keen to see those episodes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy them and I uh, hope everyone else who's listening today goes and checks all those out as well, either through the Patreon, through uh, the, the free feed. There'll be all these options for people, so please, I implore you to go check those out. But as I said, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And it's been great. And listeners, as always, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary Next Gen. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Arini's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.